Welcome to episode number 195 of the Pioneering Today podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about siphoning and or liquid loss in your home canned food. This is a question that comes up quite a bit. Not only do I get it um, asked online on all the different platforms that I am on, but also from students who are inside the Pioneering Today Academy and our Home Canning with Confidence e-course. So the terminology that we use explaining this process is called siphoning. And what that means in simple terms is when you have liquid in a jar of food that you're canning and you followed the proper headspace, meaning that you put in the food and or the liquid, depending on whatever it is you're canning, if you're doing fruit syrup or if you're doing even vegetables, and then you are topping that off with your liquid when you are doing your pressure canning, but you have got your liquid from the top of the jar and then it's that space between the actual top of the jar where you have the lid, that's what we call headspace. And headspace is important to follow. It helps with the actual vacuum action, which is what seals your jar. And so we want to make sure that we are following the proper headspace per recipes. And it varies for your vegetables and a lot of your soups and meats and those types of things. Most times the headspace is one inch. When we're doing different salsas, it can be a half inch headspace. And then when you get to doing your jams and your jellies, a lot of times it's a quarter inch headspace, but always go by what the recipe says and make sure that you're getting it to that headspace before you can it. The other important thing is that you are getting out the air bubbles. So you are running a spatula between the inside of the glass jar and the contents of the food. And you're putting it up and down, and that's going to help you get out any extra air bubbles, which is also important for the ceiling and when we're talking about siphoning. So again, siphoning is when you have followed proper procedure and proper headspace, you process the jars in either a water bath canner for your acidic foods or a pressure canner for those non-acidic foods. And after it's done processing and you've put the jar on the canner and it has sealed you notice that there is quite a bit of liquid loss. So when that happens, it's called siphoning. And it seems to be more common on a lot of your fruit products and with your tomatoes. So especially things I find that are a little bit thicker when we're talking pie filling, your fruit syrup, sometimes your sauces, and it can even happen with your regular, your vegetables. I don't really notice it very much with my meat. But I do notice it a lot, as I said, with those fruit and sometimes those little bit thicker syrups that we're using when we are canning our fruit and or doing things like pie filling. So a few ways that you can help lessen the siphoning is, like I said, making sure you're following proper headspace, removing those air bubbles. But when you are both water bath canning and pressure canning, though the time is going to vary a little bit, siphoning happens more when you have extreme temperature differences. So you want to make sure that your canning jars, when you are filling them with that hot food before you're putting them into the canner to be processed, that those jars are really good and hot and warm. Not only do you want that in the case to help reduce siphoning, but you also don't want to break your jars. And if your jars aren't tempered, they're just at room temperature or cold, and you put boiling or almost to a boil hot liquid in the glass, and then you're putting it into a preheated water bath canner and or pressure canner, the jars can crack. So you want to have them as close to the same temperature as everything as possible. So I will take my jars and I will take a kettle of water and fill a stainless steel bowl and then put my freshly washed jars in that. 
so that they can stay nice and hot if I've got them going in the pressure canner because the pressure canner is only holding about two inches of water. That's all the amount of water that you put in a pressure canner. And so to set those jars in a warm pressure canner, they're not going to really stay warm. Now, if I'm water bath canning, I will get my water heated up and then I will just let my jars sit in the water bath canner that is not at a boil yet, but is just below a boil so that they are nice and warm. And then I'll fill them with the contents and then put them in the water canner, that hot water that's been prepped and then bring it up to a boil. And that's when you start your processing time. So you can do that on the front side. Not only does it help with siphoning because contents are about the same temperature, but it also helps you avoid any glass jars breaking, which is so frustrating whenever you have a glass jar break because you lose the food that was obviously in that jar and you've lost the jar. It's just frustrating. And it happens every now and then. Usually jars will break because either a temperature shock, like I was explaining, or sometimes you have jars that just have a weak spot in them that's not visible to the eye. So we're always inspecting our jars before we use them, making sure there's no cracks or nicks or anything like that. But when you reuse jars over and over again, which is the beauty of canning, can I get an amen? We get to reuse those glass jars. But over use and over periods of time, they can get weak spots. And so sometimes despite doing all of the proper steps, you will have a jar that will break inside the canner. It does happen. But back to the siphoning. So we're keeping those temperatures the same. We've got it in the water bath canner and or the pressure canner, and we've processed it fully to the recipe, correct amount of time. With the water bath canner, when your processing time is up, you're going to turn off the burner, turn off the heat and remove the lid and let it sit for five minutes before you remove the jars onto a folded towel. We don't ever put our hot jars on a counter surface without the buffer of a towel. Same thing so they don't crack or break. That is going to help reduce the siphoning. With the pressure canner, once it is reached its processing time, you're going to turn off the burner. And of course, you leave the lid on with your pressure canner. It has to cool down to room temperature just normally, meaning we are letting the pressure reduce naturally just by turning off the heat. Once pressure is fully reduced and it is safe for you to remove the lid of your pressure canner, then you're going to let those jars sit for 10 minutes inside the pressure canner with the lid removed before you take those jars out and put them on the counter. And in both instances, after you have let either the pressure reduce or the water temperature of the water bath come down, five minutes water bath, 10 minutes pressure canner, that's going to help with reducing your siphoning. But You don't want to let your jars sit, say, inside the pressure canner and let it cool all the way down like overnight without removing them. I've gotten this question asked before. And same thing in the water bath canner. You don't just want to turn off the burner and walk away and leave the jars in there for hours on end. They do need to come out while they are still hot because that vacuum seal, which seals the lid, that vacuum action happens from those temperature difference as it's cooling down. And so if you just leave the jars inside the canner where they are reducing slowly, it's safe to do it for those five and 10 minute increments, like I said, to help reduce siphoning and temperature shock. But you don't want to leave them in there for a long time because it could potentially have a weaker seal because it's not having that larger difference in temperature helping to create that strong vacuum action. Now, A couple other things when it comes to siphoning. So we've talked about keeping temperatures the same, leaving them in the canner for those minutes afterwards before bringing them out and putting them on the counter to finish cooling and sealing is you want to try and not have extreme temperature swings. So especially in the regards when you are pressure canning, once we get it up to pressure, which obviously we have to have it at the correct pounds of pressure to process for the entire time. 
if you do need to start to reduce your heat because the pressure is up a little bit too high, you want to do it anytime you're adjusting the temperature when you're canning in slow increments if possible. So you wouldn't want to just have it on high heat and then all of a sudden bring it down to medium heat. You would want to reduce that in increments as you're bringing it down. That will help to reduce the siphoning as well. Now, even despite doing all of these tips, which they definitely help, sometimes you still will experience a small amount of siphoning and it is okay. How do you know if too much has siphoned out and the jar isn't safe? Well, provided that you are using all updated and proper safe canning recipes and techniques and you know what food should and shouldn't be canned, either pressure canning or water bath canning, all of that, and that you have followed the proper canning for that recipe, if you pull out your jar and it's lost more than half of the liquid, then it's not considered safe for the shelf. So you can pop that in the fridge to eat within the next few days, or you can put it in the freezer, but it's not something you're going to let go on the shelf. As long as at least half of the liquid is still in the jar, then it's considered to be safe and shelf stable. I still would recommend using those jars, putting them up front and using them before your other ones that have more of that liquid loss. And sometimes, especially with fruit, if you've got, say, a peach or a pear and you've lost quite a bit of liquid and you might have it exposed above the liquid line, even though the jar is sealed, it's normal to see a little bit of discoloration in the food that's not beneath liquid on the shelf. Now, if you are newer to canning or you want to make sure that you are following updated safe canning procedures, and especially if you want to get into pressure canning, which, oh, my friend, I hope that you do. Canning is one of my passions. Now, I love everything that homesteading involves, but I got to tell you, Canning is one of my faves and I want to see everybody canning because especially when you move into pressure canning, oh my goodness, does it open up a whole new world of the amount of foods that you can safely can at home and that you have on the shelf, just shelf stable. So when our power goes out, which we lose power all the cotton picking time, I feel like (laughs) living out here. I don't have to worry about that food. I don't have to worry about having enough gas in the generator to run it for the deep freezers or having extra water because when our power goes out, that means my pump goes out so I don't have well water. I don't have to worry about having extra water for my dehydrated food, which dehydration totally has its place on the homestead and in your home food preservation. Don't get me wrong. But there's just something special about having those jars of home canned foods. And then when we enter into those really busy periods, I can just go and pop off some tops of them, heat things up like fully homegrown, home-cooked dinner is ready in like 10 to 15 minutes. I don't have to remember to thaw anything out. It's like the ultimate in batch prep cooking. Anyways, if I haven't just gushed enough, (laughs) so for all my fellow pressure canners out there, like high five, you know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who are nervous about pressure canning or you want to make sure that you're staying safe, because I do have to tell you, just because things are canned on commercially on a store shelf, you see it on the store, for example, pumpkin pie filling, soups that have noodles in them and pasta and rice doesn't mean that you can safely pressure can those items at home. And I have got a complete three four-part video series on pressure canning. I highly recommend you get yourself watching that. If you've ever been nervous or scared to operate a pressure canner or you're afraid of botulism, which is legit, we do need to be concerned about it, but we don't need to be scared of it because once you know the science on how to avoid botulism and how to operate that pressure canner properly then you can do so with utmost confidence and be canon like a pro in no time. And I want to be the person that helps you do that. 
So you can go to melissaknorris.com forward slash pressure canning. And then this episode number 195, you can head over to the show notes there. I'll have links to all of that. But I highly recommend that you take my free pressure canning series. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to be back here with you on the next one. And because if you haven't noticed, we are putting out more episodes per week than normal right now just to make sure that you get all of the information that you need. So if you are not subscribed to the podcast, whatever way you're listening to this right now, if it's on iTunes, Stitcher, all the different apps out there, make sure that you actually hit subscribe so that you don't have to go and hunt up the new episodes. As soon as we get them published, they will be ready and waiting for you so that you can listen to them and get the information that you need to create the homestead, pantry, garden, and life of your dreams. Chat again soon. Bye for now. Thank you.